0: You're listening to The Huddle with Penn State Sports Business Conference, presented by Pepsi. Welcome into The Huddle with Penn State Sports Business Conference, presented by Pepsi. I'm your co-host, Destiny Sanchez. And
1: I'm Noah Deech. How are you, Destiny?
0: I'm doing well. A little sad from the past weekend, but, you know, Um, only can go up from there.
1: Yes, I mean... at least our other sports are definitely doing very well. And we'll talk, we'll get started on them right now Um, from, from football to football. Let's talk about women's soccer. Um, We just had for women's soccer, they just had a really big game, a big win where Sam Coffey was named the big 10 offensive player of the week following her performance against Maryland. It was a five, one win over Maryland. And she had a goal, a game winning goal. What Sam Coffey, one of the best players in the nation right now, the only active player with 50 goals and 50 assists in her career. This is pretty big for women's soccer as they continue tearing up their schedule as they're one of the best teams in the nation this year.
0: Uh, Moving over to men's soccer, the men's soccer team at Penn state remains undefeated in the big 10 after beating Michigan two to one on Sunday at Jeffrey field, big win for them. So both our men's and women's soccer teams are pretty on fire right now
1: yeah they've been doing really well obviously you know the men's big win and then the women like i feel like i feel like i can't wait to see big 10 tournament play here i I think i think we might see a big 10 championship for both teams this season i mean we the women's team just won it last year i think i think we're gonna have a lot of championships in jeffrey field um this upcoming winter um but you know from obviously great success within the soccer programs. Let's talk, to, talk about, you know, a pretty sad, actually, it's kind of bittersweet here um, for the men's football team. PJ Mustapher was just um, announced as a semifinalist for a, a big award, right? Destiny.
0: Yeah, he was announced as a semifinalist for the Rotary Lombardi Award. Ironically, the same day that it was announced that he is out for the entire season. Pretty crazy. Um,
1: that is really crazy.
0: He's um, a key player Ro- for us, especially. Um, and from our game last weekend, all of those injuries, it just kind of stung to see, you know, two of our really good players come out of that game. And as we saw on Saturday, it did not work in our favor.
1: definitely didn't. Um, obviously, the Rotary Lombardi Award, goes to the nation's top defensive lineman um who in addition to outstanding performance and ability bex exemplifies the character and discipline of nfl hall of fame head coach vince lombardi um pj Musfer one of the captains and a senior you know he was an all big 10 honoree last year and it's gonna suck to not have him you know he's been making some big plays for us all season and Speaking of all season, we still have a lot of season to go. We have, we're halfway through, you know, Penn State's 5-1, and top 10 in the nation. But we have a very tough schedule ahead of us with only six games left, but three out of the next six games are, are teams that are ranked in the top 10, not just in the top 25, in the top 10. What do you think, what do you think Penn State is going to, how do you think Penn State's going to do Destiny, in the next couple of weeks?
0: I think it's definitely going to be tough, um, especially with having some key players out at the moment and not knowing some of their status. It can be a little nerve wracking. Um, definitely going to have to turn up the intensity uh, moving up the next few weeks, especially our next tough contender this month, Ohio State. Um, you know, their offense is pretty stellar um, and we're going to have to really, really turn up the urgency and the um, intensity in the next coming weeks.
1: Yeah. Tempo has to be up and hopefully, you know, our, our players come back. We're hoping Sean Clifford is going to be back under center for that game in the shoe on the road, hollow weekend, hopefully a revenge game from last year's, you know, I, I won't say wide out because, you know, we didn't um, under COVID regulations. We didn't have any students there, but hopefully this is a game that that's, it's worth It's a must-win game for Penn State football. Every game's a must-win game now, and no game is an easy game in the next um, six weeks. So let's see how Penn State football does.
0: Yeah, we'll just have to keep an eye on what's coming up in the next few weeks. With all of our sports, we have a lot of um, teams that are doing well right now, and especially Penn State football with their loss, if they can bounce back from that.
1: All right. And now we'll move on to our interview with content producer at ESPN, PSU alum, Ryan Staloff.
0: Welcome into the huddle with Penn State Sports Business Conference. I'm your co-host, Destiny Sanchez. And I'm Noah
1: Odige. Um, And we're joined by content producer at ESPN, Penn State alum, Ryan Staloff. Ryan, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. It's really good to be uh, hopping on with two Penn Staters uh, despite the loss last week. It's good to see two uh, Uh, smiling faces of Penn State because last Saturday there was not a lot to be smiling about once midway through the second quarter hit unfortunately but really well we've
1: had a few days to grieve yes Um, but Ryan before we get into everything why don't you tell our listeners who is Ryan Staloff other than coming from the greatest institution in the country at Penn State who is Ryan Staloff
2: oh that's a that's an interesting question I feel like that was in um that was actually in the anger management movie with Adam Sandler yes. where they asked him and he kept trying to answer the question the right way. And he kept coming up. With, so I hope this isn't some kind of pr- elaborate prank. You know, you try and have yeah, been Destiny's mentor or whatever through the College of Com for a little bit. I hope, you know, you try and raise them right. And already I'm getting pranked. Here. But, <laughs> <laughs> as you can see, I don't, I try not to take myself too seriously. Um, I peppered the PAs that I worked with on Get Up for two years with bad jokes. Um, that's something that I'm pretty uh, passionate about and try and keep it as loose as possible. Um, I consider myself pretty hardworking. Um, I love sports. I love uh, my job. I have two young nephews that I am so excited to see and watch grow up. And uh, the last year and a half, a little bit of a fun fact of taken the COVID time to actually put priority in myself and I'm down about 75 pounds in a year and a half, which I'm pretty excited about and pretty stoked about. Uh, so that's a little bit about me. Um, and then work is, unfortunately, is fortunately and unfortunately a big part of my life. And it's gonna be a big part of your lives if you pursue this field or any field. Um, yeah, it's all about trying to balance you know, the work and the fun and making work fun and making outside of work fun too. So it's a constant struggle, a constant battle, but. Um, finally figuring out how to do it. I think.
0: That's awesome, Ryan. So talk to us a little bit about your time at Penn State and how you got involved in the College of Calm.
2: Sure. Um, you know, I was the high school newspaper uh, editor for uh, in Marlboro High School in New Jersey. Uh, the Hitching Post is what it was called. So I came to Penn State wanting to be a sports writer. And that's, I was pretty adamant about it. Stubborn, if you could say. And I think my Current bosses would agree, stubborn. It could be a word to describe me and knowing what I wanted to do. I tried out for the collegiate multiple times and couldn't get on it. I tried every which way. Um, I kind of felt like a little bit of a failure to some extent that, like, you know, the editor of my newspaper, I can't freaking get on the school college paper. I didn't really know much outside of the world of sports. Um, so eventually, you know, much to my chagrin, I kind of gave in. I was like, this isn't working out. And I looked into com radio. Um, at that point, there was only one M in com radio. Now there's two. Um, Jeff Brown shout out. I don't necessarily agree, but it's um, just kind of kidding, but not really. Um, so I looked into com radio. I joined, I joined the talk show. as was a freshman, um, continued to kind of explore more and more. Um, looked into play by play, found out it wasn't really what I was all that good at but I tried it and really what I found my my strength was, was producing shows and, you know, kind of organizing thoughts and figuring out good content. Um, I produced the Penn State football and Penn State basketball pregame shows uh, throughout my time at Penn State, my juniors and senior year, booked guests like Eddie George, um, Lloyd Carr, the former coach of Michigan. I know that's like eons ago for, I don't know if you guys were born for Lloyd Carr, (laughs) Um, Eddie George used to be a running back uh, for the Titans and Ohio State, um, and you know through that experience, through producing for Penn State football and basketball, I was able to get internships with uh, Westwood One Radio and CBS and uh, WCBS eight eighty, the Yankee at the time, the Yankee radio station. Now it's WFAN, but that was most of my time at Penn State was through radio and got me my first job outside at Westwood One. Now I know you just asked about my time at Penn State, so there's a whole story beyond that, but I'll that's, I'll, I'll kind of cut it up there. So my most of my time at Penn State was through Com Radio and then through uh, the Dance Marathon, Thon, um, as it's known. Um, at that point, we were doing a lot of canning and fundraising. I know canning, you know, isn't as much a thing anymore, but from a social standpoint, canning was such a great way to meet people and really make an impact. And you know, there, we had two Thon children at the time. Those families I'm still in touch with today. So I think most of my time at Penn State was uh, through comm radio and uh, through Thon. And then I also double majored in economics, which was a little bit of a pressure from the uh, parentals. But it's good to have that kind of background because, really, this field, as I'm sure you guys have, been, have heard, you never know where it's going to take you. Good embed and, and just having a kind of well rounded education. I would de- certainly recommend if you're able to balance it with, you know, enjoying all the different aspects and stay of the same. All
1: right, and then obviously you just talked about, you know, trying different things, various things, both in your both in your academics with economics, and obviously within your early days at Com Radio. Um, so, keeping in the beginning days, what do you think is the most interesting experience or like person that you talk to or like? to do or experience in your early days especially with different um you know areas whether it be producing play-by-play all that
2: um i would say eddie george was kind of a really cool interview and kind of a pinch you type of moment like you know at that point like i'm just a cop, and i think eventually you were to realize that all these people are pretty much just people like i've worked with a lot of different types of talent now and eventually for the most part none of them like you just oh wow that's cool that's that person for the first time meet them and then eventually you're like oh that's just a person but um eddie george when i was 18 19 years old and i used my Westwood One radio network connection because he was calling the game against iowa um I hate to bring up that school so we'll call it the school out <laughs> to the midwest um we lost that game too but he was doing the game on the radio and yeah. I asked my boss at the time, Howard Denaroff, hey, um, would we be able to interview Eddie George for the pregame show? He said, oh yeah, we can make that work. So I used an SSR recorder, which I don't know if you guys still use that or if you use probably something oh. <laughs> more advanced now. And I went to his hotel room, I think the days in by um, like Gumby's and whatnot. And I went into his hotel room and I was sitting there holding the big box in one and holding the mic in the other and literally got to interview Eddie George. And I think part of that too is is I was again like pretty determined in wanting to have the experience myself to be interviewing him, where maybe I guess the the desired effect was for the host of the show to handle the interview. But you know, as as a student, you need to gain all the experience that you can get, so within reason. But um, I really pushed to be the one to get that experience, and it was just a really cool opportunity. Um, know dan klecko which may not mean a ton to you guys he was playing for temple we were playing temple and he's a temple alum he also went to the same high school that i went to so having him on like my the pregame show i recorded it remotely like he was on my phone but that was also just kind of kind of a surreal thing because at least in my town he's like a huge deal so yeah that was cool to have as well um and then you know sitting in joe paterno press conferences was awesome and surreal to look back on now. And I don't really kind of to go beyond that. But the Paterno press conference experience was always interesting. And then uh, Charles Millard, who was the founder of the Four Diamonds Fund and whatnot, um, I met him once briefly as well. So that's you a know, totally different realm, but also really cool, memorable experience. And I'm looking at a photo that I have with him now.
0: It sounds like all those experiences really prepared you for your career as you've been with many different notable companies like the mlb nfl and you've been with espn for seven plus years now um, talk to me about um how you knew it was time to move on from a different company and what has helped um kept you at espn for the duration that you've been there
2: loaded question about uh, the, the latter one but let's let me attack the first one first um what kept me going from company to company um the story that i want to use is i was at westwood one radio network for about a year um doing only radio and this is why i say trying different things um noah you mentioned that and i think that's something that even though my resume may dictate in college i was didn't want to do tv to me it was intimidating to me all the camera stuff, I didn't really trust myself to use. I still don't really know how to shoot all that well. Destiny, whenever I come and visit, you're going to teach me how to use a camera. Um, but you know, so that I was really kind of strung, uh, hung up on doing radio. Growing up, listening to Mike and the Mad Dog, WFAN, etc. But a year in at Westwood One, I was working midnight to eight a.m., Monday through Friday, where my I was just answering the phones, providing tech support. And one of the things I had to do was upload this segment called NFL Network now every day, um, and I would get a phone call in the middle of the night from someone from NFL Network. Um, He sounded young. He sounded from New York ish, like sounded like my age. I didn't know. I think at this I told you this story. I didn't really think anything of it. And I started to be developed, you know, an on the phone friendship. I kind of told him my story, what I was looking to do yada 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 he turned out to be the lead segment producer for rich eisen's morning show on nfl network nfl game day morning so one thing led to another even despite my lack of full tv knowledge i guess i came across not terribly and i interviewed and i got offered a freelance job pa job with game day morning right to fly out in three weeks to go to la and i'm now going out in a couple days for vacation in la where i'm going to see some of the same people but I kind of, I guess, got lucky, got fortunate, created my own luck because I didn't, I wasn't the most experienced, most qualified person from a TV standpoint where I could have benefited from having the production background. But my own personal happiness, I think, is what made me want to decide to leave that job. Um, From there, the season ended at NFL, where it was only freelance, so that helped me go to MLB. And similarly, ESPN offered me something full time. So I think for me personally, the happiness of the unhappiness of working midnight to 8 AM, and this can air for my boss at the time. He that's nothing he's unaware of that. Like, that's not a life that I wanted to live answering phone calls for tech support was not a job I needed to be. I really enjoyed doing as far as what's kept me at ESPN. Um, I think it's really being able to roll with the punches and always kind of trying to better yourself. Because, you know, like every job, like you guys are going to face, like you guys have faced, like there, there's going to be difficult moments at ESPN. Um, baseball is my favorite sport. And again, no one that I work with now is this is a secret to. Um, they made, there were some decisions made about baseball that weren't, didn't leave me very happy that, you know, at times I was considering different things. But, you know, I've discovered I, through networking, through uh, networking with people on different shows like Get up and now first take. I found different opportunities to grow my skill set. Um, you know, video was my strength, baseball was my strength and storytelling. and you know use that to show that I can do stories and video for other sports. And from there I was like I need to get better at the control room and those types of things. So I forced I pushed my way and pushed myself to improve my skill set in the control room and things of that nature and in the control room is where you're building rundowns and figuring out structure of that use this piece of b-roll to lead to this sound to this discussion and you know formulating a show which i'm currently doing for first take tomorrow so i think finding ways to continue to grow and look for new skill sets to improve yourself and then like there's gonna be bumps in the road and be ready for them. Like there, there's no way they're not coming. Um, for active student, if you want to be on air, you're going to go to Boise, Idaho, and you're going to make no money. And it's like, okay, you're doing that for a year. Be ready for lonely days where you reach out to your. Just know you have your uh, strong base, whether it's friends or family from home, and have your you know crew or whatever that you reach out to when times aren't great and whatever the case may be so it's being ready for the bumps that come I think and being open to improving your skill set and being listening listening and learning and you know all those kinds of things and adaptable to new challenges I hope that wasn't too yeah. rambling.
1: no that was perfect actually I mean it seems as if patience and discernment and definitely a lot of motivation seems to be kind of the key um, the key elements one needs to have when entering in this industry. What do you think, especially starting out in um, in this business and, you know, doing different things for different companies, whether it be um, where you started out, where, what do you think has been your biggest challenge? You talked about, like, the lonely nights. You talked about where when, um, you know, it seems as if, like, you have to be patient, looking for the next opportunity. What has been the biggest challenge for you and, like, how do you overcome it?
2: I think work-life balance and I've yelled at Destiny for this. And even though she's a sophomore, like and telling me all these crazy things that she's already doing and working every weekend and whatever the case may be, um, you're going to work weekends, a lot of weekends throughout your life if you stay in this field. Um, I hope that's not spoiling. I hope that's not a shock. It's going to occur. Um, if you want to be on air, you're going to be in in cities that aren't great that aren't the most lively. Finding a work-life balance is a very significant challenge um, that I faced. Um, it's why I put on the weight that I did and it, it's something I really focused on to try and lose it. And you know that helps with your work-life balance in different ways as well. Um, so I think that's certainly an issue that you need to be kind of focused on. And then you know, ESPN or every company, I'm not even specifying that, you're a small fish in a big pond. So how do you Distinguish yourself. Um, one is by pitching ideas and by working hard and standing up for yourself and speaking up when you have an idea. But it's also being a sponge and be willing to learn and you know find different mentors that you can trust, that you can speak to, that you can learn from. Um, you know, for me, uh, the name that uh, there's the producer of BBTN and the producer of Get Up, the CP of Get Up. Are two mentors that I gravitated to very early on. And they're two people that I was able to kind of connect with and work for years later. And I don't think that was really a coincidence. But I also, you know, look for ways that you can figure out what your skill set is and apply that. And had those will help you stand out um, by doing things that other people aren't. Like for me, my second year at ESPN, I knew I was good at cutting baseball video. I had the background at MLB Network. And every month, in addition to working on highlights, I cut this element called the images of the month. Every month throughout the baseball season, I wasn't expected to be doing it, I wasn't assigned it, I wasn't on BBTN at the time, but I pitched it every month through Baseball Tonight to run it, it was like a minute and a half. And they looked at it, they liked it, they ran it. And that was kind of, hey, this is what I can do, bring to your show that other people aren't doing. And one thing led to another, and that had me on Baseball Tonight. So I think it's recognizing what your strengths are and applying them and, you know, doing it humbly and, you know, listening, looking for feedback, applying the feedback and certainly, yeah, just being a sponge are ways that, to help you stand out earlier.
0: That's really great advice and definitely things um, students that are considering going into the sports industry should take into consideration. Um, I have kind of a fun question for you. Can you kind of go through your day to day working at ESPN, the type of preparation you go through? What does your day to day look
2: like at ESPN? Sure. Um, so for right now, the show that I'm producing is First Take. Um, it starts the day before, um, where you're trying to find topics. The show is based on disagreement, um, topics that they're going to disagree on. Like tomorrow, I am, it's an NFL Friday, so I'm going through all the different games and finding. Different questions that the talent may disagree upon. Um, You know, whether it's the Cold, the Cowboys, Patriots, for example, we may ask who's going to be the next team to win a Super Bowl? Will it be the Cowboys? Will it be the Patriots? Uh, For the Browns, can the Browns win with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback is something that's getting a lot of play right now. So I'm writing those questions down in my head and coming up with a lot of different subtopics for each question, for each game. And then I'm posing it to the analysts, finding the thing that they're on opposite ends on. And that's the night before, um, our show airs at 10 o'clock in the morning. I wake up at like 4.30 tomorrow morning, um, which is probably earlier than I need it to be, but at 5.30 I'm in there and I'm going through the interview sound that air that X person or Odell Beckham or whoever was asked about. And, you know, I'm writing the quotes in the page do you guys use EMPS? Is that something you're familiar with into the rundown rundown familiar? Does that
0: mean
2: that? yeah rundown sound familiar. I don't yeah, know who that. Right. once you get to um, CCR you'll it'll, or i news. if that's something similar to that you guys no. so I'm writing the quotes in the page for the PAs to be cutting the sound um, so that they're all as buttoned up as possible when we get to air. So you know I'm the one that puts all the rundown together so that the people on the show know where to write the scripts, know where to cut the video, know where to cut the interview sound so that we can get to air. So that's uh, throughout the day today and tomorrow. And then from 10 to 12, I'm in the control room, you know, calling the show, rap here, let's go to the next topic, let's bump and go to break. We're coming back from break and I'm in the talent's ear telling them what's coming up next and how much time they have left and things of that nature. Um, it's been fun. It's uh, it's still new to me um, doing this show uh, specifically, but it's been a really good experience.
1: It does sound like a lot, but it does sound like a great experience. And the grind of it definitely seems to be any, for anybody going into this field, that seems to be the most inviting thing of it all. You know, preparation is is very much key, especially um, within producing, but let's go from a fun question to a bummer question. Let's talk about last Saturday, Penn State. You obviously you're an alumni. Uh, Penn State versus Iowa. T- yeah. Talk to talk to us, especially you know you're a person who looks at who looks at um, content and what content can be taken taken from anything. So especially watching the game as a producer and watching the game as a fan, you have two different perspectives. But talk to me about your personal perspective about the Penn State versus Iowa game, and you know. What are your thoughts about those, the big type, those type of games, the big games, um, especially in your career?
2: Um, that was a disapp- – if, if Sean Clifford's healthy, that game ain't close. Like, Penn Street's winning that game by two touchdowns at least. Um, I think it's tough to put it on Roberson. Um, I think I've been saying this for weeks. I personally think they picked the wrong quarterback to start with. Um, I, lo- I thought Will Levis was misused from to jump, and like he's obviously not just the running quarterback. You see what he's doing at Kentucky, but I guess if they went with Levis, Clifford probably would have transferred. But right now, you really gain an appreciation for the value that we had in Will Levis and for Sean Clifford. I tweeted out that I'm never going to say another bad word about Clifford after that. And it's not really on Roberson. I think it's more on the coaching staff personally that he clearly wasn't ready, that they were going to the clap um, to, as the signal to snap the ball when you're in Iowa, you're in Kinnick Stadium. And that crowd, um, that crowd, I'm sorry, Penn State fans, may be as loud because you're so close to the sideline, the way that it's structured. It may be the loudest uh, stadium in the Big Ten just because of the way that Iowa is structured and they're known for it um and i think they really got in robertson's head and i think the coaching staff should have adjusted the way that the quarterback was snapping the ball and that proved to be a disaster um i also think i wasn't a fan of them booing the guys getting hurt and walking off the field um, i thought that was kind of disgusting um but our defense or Penn State's defense, you're not supposed to say our when you're in when you're
0: <laughs> like
2: this. I've gotten a lot of lecture. I'm not, there's one producer specifically that may, likes to make a whole shtick out of, not, of saying we and our. But I think for your own school, I think it's, you know, when you pay out of state tuition. Um, I <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know. I would say that the defense is still very, very good. The defense was super impressive. If not for that one trick play, I think Penn State wins that game. And I think moving forward, like everything's still on the table. The Ohio State game gigantic. Penn State could easily lose three more games. They could lose to Michigan, they could lose to Ohio State, and they could lose to Sparty. They could also win all those games. And then I think if Penn State were to play Iowa again in a neutral site with a healthy Clifford, and without that crowd, I think Penn State wins going away. So it should be exciting. Um, and I'm kind of – I'm excited. This is a very good week of college football because I don't have to stress out Penn State playing on Saturday.
1: That is – I mean, it's funny
2: oh, –
1: yeah.
2: It's funny you mentioned
1: Will Levis was also playing his – a very big game um, this weekend um, on the road, I think, in, in against Georgia, undefeated yeah. Kentucky versus um, – undefeated
2: Georgia, number one Georgia, actually. The banana thing, I, I that caught me off guard a little bit with the banana. <laughs> yes.
1: I, yeah, I, same.
2: I like, on a national level, no one knows who the hell George uh, Will Levis is. They just know him as the guy eating the banana. And I was like, well, now I understand why we want Sean Clifford as the quarterback. Because <laughs> that's questionable.
0: Um, All of the things you said, definitely agree with. You know, things could have gone different ways with different factors last weekend. Um, I have another question for you related to Penn State, just about your, um, your experience at Penn State as a fan, as a student, what is your favorite Penn State memory, either with football or just Penn State memory in general?
2: Um, I was, it's going to age me a little bit. I danced and found my sophomore year which was the year? I don't know if you guys are big fan. People are not either way. There's the iconic um, Joe Pa speech that I was danced. That was the year I danced, so that was kind of crazy. And I was three quarters asleep. Um, I was also at the first full stadium whiteout, which was against Notre Dame in 2007. Wow. 2007. Yes, I'm old, thank you. Oh,
0: wow that you were at the first White House.
2: <laughs> first full stadium one. I used to just be a student one, but full stadium was 2007. They called it the White House at the time, which I don't think is something that they would be going to now, that wording, wow. uh, given you know a variety of factors that you can take a guess on, but Derrick Williams ran a kickback, ran a punt back and D Will, that's probably way before your birth, even. Um, <laughs> but he ran a punt back for a touchdown against Notre Dame, the Jimmy Claussen Notre Dame team, uh, which was awesome. Like that was like my second ever game as a student at Beaver Stadium. And the place freaking erupted. Also, um, which is kind of random, I was at, in Beaver Stadium when Michigan lost to Appalachian State which was I think maybe the week before and we're all in like the mezzanine like watching on those little freaking TVs and the place just got so crazy like just everyone was going nuts as uh, Notre Dame uh, as Michigan beat Appalachian State uh, lost Appalachian State I'm sorry so those were two um, really super memorable games from a football standpoint and then when Joe Paterno I uh, gave his speech was you know, say whatever you want to say at that point in a vacuum. I was, I'll never forget that.
1: All right. So you touched on this as we go towards the toilet. of this interview. You touched on this earlier about um, advice um, that you give to anyone working on this field. So what concrete advice would you give to any person aspiring to work in the sports industry?
2: Get out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you've all heard that. it's, you gotta really want it for the right reasons. Um, just liking sports, I would say is not necessarily enough. Everyone likes sports. Sometimes people working in the industry start to like sports less because it's become, it becomes their life and they're surrounded by it all the time. If you like telling stories, if you like asking the right questions, if you like producing content, I think that's the reason to be getting into this field. Um, and, you know, be as diverse as possible, explore every avenue, learn from my mistake of only wanting to do radio. Um, I would say I fell behind early on because of that, um, where I was limiting myself to just radio. And then knowing how to write uh, is crucial to everything. Write uh, TV, radio, whatever the case may be, writing is such an important part. Um, The best TV broadcasters are really, Greeny is a brilliant writer. Um, he, like Keith Olbermann is known for being a, a brilliant writer. John Anderson, an extremely good writer. You know, that's the foundation of everything. And the foundation of writing is reading. Um, again, do as I say, not as I do, because, you know, I think the last book I read in full, I actually read the Dear Evan Hansen book, um, but before that was maybe Harry Potter. Um, so, you know, reading is very important uh, being as diverse as possible and then networking, um, you know, my story of how I found my way in through the NFL network was all through networking. And I just talked to him, to the guy that I networked with Ben a couple of days ago to talk about kind of where I'm at and how proud of me, he was that I'm doing first hague and all those kinds of things. And, you know, you try not to, you try to just not look in the mirror and pat yourself on the back because it's always about the next day. Um, but, yeah, I would say networking, um, being as diverse as possible, being in it for the right reasons and being a good writer are um, certainly keys.
0: Well, it was so great to hear from you, Ryan, to hear about your insight, hear about your experiences at Penn State and throughout your career. And it's awesome to hear um, from a Penn State alum being at such a big network like ESPN. Thank you so, so much. And it was great to hear from you
2: course and can we get someone that can run the football like that's one other thing <laughs> I mean Noah I thought was supposed to be good like what are we doing we need to run the football maybe block so that we can run the football I don't know if that's I, that's my one more observation.
1: <laughs> hey we, we got a we got we have a Nicholas Singleton coming in um for for recruiting one of the better running backs in the nation so don't worry your wish will be granted soon
2: I hope so <laughs> um that's all i got guys um it's great to be on with you guys um if you have any questions offline whatever the case may be however i can help uh please let me know happy to thank help you ours. so
0: much ryan thanks for being on yep thank you for listening to the huddle if you like what you heard be sure to follow our instagram and twitter both at penn state sbc for more updates on our next podcast we are